Yeah, but a bisque is classically made with shellfish. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. I'm a busy guy, which means sometimes I have to multitask. And while you know me as Chris from EMS 2020, there may be a few other things you didn't know about me. Like I'm a dad, I'm always doing dad stuff. But I'm also a full-time paramedic, which means I'm always saving lives and checking sugar pressures and stuff like that. Okay. They said what to the patient? How about they shut the Fast 24, however, is something even I would make time for. It's June 10th through the 12th in Wilmington, North Carolina. Dude, get back on the chest. All right. They didn't take their kits in on scene? Yeah, they can go straight to The pre-cons. Those are courses that are taught by some of the industry's best educators. You know, like that guy from Master Geomatics. So get registered today at flightbridgeed.com fast24, and I will see you there. Clear. What? This is the Flight Bridge Ed Podcast, critical care and emergency medicine education for nurses and paramedics. Here's your host, Eric Bauer. Hey, everybody, Eric with you. Today, we're going to do a really quick podcast. And uh, what I want to do is I want to go over our, our different fluids that we give. Uh, doing all the review classes recently, I just I think it's important that we kind of recap and, and hit on uh, a quick podcast no more than eight to ten minutes on the, our different fluids that we give uh, not really going over normal saline and LR I mean we'll hit those but I want to go over how isotonic hypertonic and hypotonic fluids kind of play in our environment our critical care environment I think it's really good to kind of go over these really quickly it's good for me I think it, hopefully it's good for you guys we'll hit this and then we will kind of wrap it up hopefully within like 10 minutes. Um, I just want to start off and, and just say again, thanks for all the listeners, all the great emails, um, all the class requests. I mean, you can go on the website and check it out. We're, we're just completely inundated. I'm absolutely booked up until um, pretty much the end of October now. So if you're looking for a review class, please go on there, check it out, uh, register. If you're looking for just a review class based on your recertification for the your FPC or CFRN, uh, again, um, our class fits that as well. Really quickly, the two main fluids that we give in the critical care or the emergency medicine environment is normal saline and LR. And we know that those fluids are not created equal. Uh, normal saline is a very acidotic fluid. It's got a pH of approximately 6.0, um, and it's got a sodium and chloride content of 154 milliequivalents. So very, very high. And that's why we see a lot of times, um, historically, a hyperchloremic uh, acidosis. We've learned, though, over the last um, you know, so many years, and, and you can really see that in how we're dealing with fluid resuscitation now, um, that we're, we're tailoring back our volume. We're not giving as much volume. We, we used to just dump liters and liters of volume in our trauma patients and our sepsis patients and our burn patients, and you can see that based on all the studies and the research, we are tailoring that back. The burn patients now are, are uh, most often getting the two mils per kilo, the consensus formula. Our sepsis patients are going 30 mils per kilogram, uh, and then you start a presser very early instead of uh, how we used to do that. And 
for our trauma patients, again, we're all about permissive hypotension, right? Maintain a mat pressure as low as possible, which is about 60-65 in a non-head injury patient to maintain perfusion to the brain and the kidneys. And so we know that if we can do that, then we don't need to be dumping liters and liters of volume in. Uh, that they need, uh, if they're hemorrhaging, they need massive transfusion. So LR, in contrast, is uh, much different, and we have a sodium content of about 130 milliequivalent, so lower than what we kind of sit at. Uh, chloride is about 109, so again, very close to where we sit at. It does have a lactate property to it, um, and so, you know, it's, it's a much better fluid when we talk about uh, utilizing something that's close to what we have as far as our sodium or chloride uh, content. Uh, burn patients obviously get LR and things like that, but that's those are isotonic fluids. So those are not going to cause a shift of water in or out of the cell. So just recap, remember our cells have solutes and we have basically um, a phenomenon called osmosis. Every Everything is trying to equalize. We're trying to either uh, have just as much water in the cell as out of the cell and the water is always going to follow and go to where those solutes are. So when we think about hypertonic solutions, uh, you know, anything that's greater than 0.9% is going to be a hypertonic solution. And we use those um, in lots of different instances, 10% dextrose or um, normal saline with 5% dextrose or higher. Those are going to be a hypertonic fluid. So those are going to be fluids, again, that are going to have a higher solute base outside the cell and it's going to draw water out of the cell and shrink the cell um, so we give those fluids to uh, patients that maybe are hyponatremic they need um, sodium replacement obviously we always want to remember we never want to raise somebody's sodium very very quickly we want, it's got to be a very slow rise and i think it's approximately eight millimoles per day very very slow rise you don't want to cause any osmotic demyelination so that's an example of a hypertonic fluid. When we look at an actual hypotonic fluid, and hypo, a hypotonic fluid is going to be a solution where you have half normal saline, um, 5% dextrose in water. Um, basically, this is a isotonic fluid once the actual dextrose is absorbed in the body, but initially it's a hypotonic fluid. The big one we see is half normal saline or 0.45% saline. And we have to think about patients that are actually dehydrated. Dehydration is completely different than somebody that has volume loss um, from hemorrhage. So if we have actual dehydration, what we're talking about is cellular dehydration. And this is free water loss. So if you have free water loss, these patients don't need normal saline or LR. They just need half normal saline. Um, and that's going to be a hypotonic fluid. So how does a hypotonic fluid work? Well, that means that you actually have more solutes in the cell than you do out of the cell. So a hypotonic fluid has less solutes in it. And so you infuse that solution. It's going to actually pull that solution because their solutes are greater in the cell. Water is always going to follow and want to go to where the solutes are. Uh, it's always going to try to cause an equilibrium. So the, the actual uh, hypotonic solution is going to go into the cell. So it's going to cause a great cellular expansion, uh, cellular hydration. So if your patient was uh, dehydrated from free water loss, that's really truly what dehydration is, not volume depleted, uh, you would give them a hypotonic fluid. So 
basically remember that any time that we have a solution, we have to understand, is this a hypotonic fluid? Are we actually causing a shift into the cell? Is this a hypertonic fluid or are we causing a shift out of the cell? Um, remember, uh, hypertonic fluids are used a lot now in uh, the neurological patient. So you have a patient, an example would be a subdural hematoma. Um, obviously we have a patient that has an increased ICP and a lot of times what they'll do is I'll actually give them a hypertonic solution to raise their sodium content up and they'll try to maintain a sodium of about 150, 155. Um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to pull fluid from the cell because again, remember now we have a situation where we have a higher amount of solutes out of the cell. It's going to draw water off the cell and that's going to cause a decreased amount of edema in the brain. Um, so that's kind of the, the strategy uh, regarding the hypertonic situation in a neurological uh, patient. That's all I really had. Uh, you know, again, please email me uh, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions for podcasts, feel free to always email me and let me know, reach out to me. Another thing, if, if you are a iTunes subscriber, I would really, really appreciate it. I know we have, I think, um, we have a lot. We've got hundreds of them um, that actually subscribe off iTunes. And what that means is, is that basically you've downloaded this on your phone and you've subscribed and it auto downloads. And we have listeners in a lot of different platforms. Um, but if you could go on there and just do a review of the podcast, take you a few seconds, that would be really, really great. Uh, it tells me a lot about what we're doing. Uh, I'd like to hear the comments. Um, and it kind of opens up some other doors for us. So I'd really appreciate that from, from the listeners. And again, thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon. This has been a production of the Flight Bridge Ed Podcast, leading the way in pre-hospital critical care and emergency medicine education.